Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is sponsored by Freedom Mortgage, dedicated to veterans and your homeownership needs. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash CBS Vets, NMLS 2767, Equal Housing Lender. This time on Vet Story. We'll meet a Navy veteran who's gone from the fleet. Man, I can remember my warrant officer saying, you know, I've never seen nothing like this. I don't get an E3 coming to my command with a letter from the Secretary of the Navy. To the football field. You know, they gave me the opportunity and got me into sports and, you know, got ready to go uh, to the NFL. To the recording studio. I played the piano. To playing a birthday party for one of the biggest names in hip-hop. And he said, hey man, that song's my mom's favorite song. And so we go to the back, and it happens to be Snoop Dogg, his mother, him, and no. it's all the like... And eventually singing for two presidents on national TV. And it was nerve-wracking because ESPN was like, okay, you're going to be in front of about 200 million people worldwide, and you're going <laughs> to sing this before the president comes. So please don't mess up because we'll have to cut you out. This is a look at the star-studded journey that brought one veteran from the life of a sailor to the life of a singer. You were like the Black Forest Gump. Like it everything is. Everyone just, said that. Like, it just worked out awesome <laughs> for you, brother. Uh, my name is B. Taylor. Um, for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm a national recording artist and producer who was discovered by the Motown legends, uh, specifically the last living original members of Smokey and the Miracles, led by Mr. Pete Moore. Um, also, I am a, been a, I've been a true global ambassador and advocate of music and entertainment for United States military veterans, first responders, and their families after my service in the United States Navy. I'm challenging all my comrades, military, all my veterans, uh, fellow Americans, entertainers, athletes, everyone, executives, to uh, share this One Life video, take the words, share this video, share it with love, spread more love, and um, just see how we can all come together, because we need to, and uh, really make a difference and bring unity amongst everyone. How you doing, man? Pretty good. I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> now, before we get into the One Life movement of unity, love, and peace, and how we are not to take life for granted, and your right. single that you got out now that's pushing a lot of good vibes, um, I got to say, I heard your story some months ago. <laughs> You're an interesting cat, man. I don't think I ever, when I was in the Navy, met somebody with the diverse skill set that you have. So if I could, Thank can you. I walk you through a little bit of your bio and you share with me some of the points on it? Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's talk. U.S. Navy, where were you stationed? What'd you do? So I was stationed, um, I did my school down at NATTC Pensacola. 
um, and I ended up being stationed uh, in San Diego. Uh, I was an aviation, aviation electronics technician that was actually during school chosen uh, by the Secretary of the Navy and the CNO uh, to play on the All-Navy basketball team and then later on the team, the military team, USA team. So uh, um, it was really unique. Um, and they gave me an opportunity during war um, to um, be TAD orders to get ready for the NFL after my meeting with the Secretary of the Navy. So <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, okay, so let me see. You somehow get noticed for being, you know, for having incredible ball skills, and yeah. <laughs> it's basketball at first, right? Yeah, it was because uh, I played before my time in the Navy. I played football and basketball. Um, I played football and basketball for the University of Missouri. All right, right. And then from there, I understand you went from college and you joined the Navy. And then um, next thing you know, um, I'm an E3, and um, the command was like, we, will, we want you to give a tour because our CNO and Secretary of the Navy are coming in, and we're going to designate you to give them a tour of the school. So I gave them a tour of the school, and I started talking about my background in sports, and then I um, ended up playing basketball uh, with the Secretary of the Navy and guarded uh, him at the time was the Honorable Richard Danzig, and I blocked his shot on game point, and uh, he uh, ended up uh, referring me and sat down with lunch and with the CNO and said, hey, you know, we're going to choose you to play basketball, and uh, where do you want to be stationed, and do you want to play football? And about a week later, um, I had a, uh, you know, he told me to decide. He asked that I want to go to Naval Academy. So I decided, I was like, no, I don't want to go there, but uh, I want to serve and do what I can. And if I can play these sports, it'd be great. And I get a call a week later to go down to the commanding officer. And, and um, next thing you know, I'm on the phone with the SECNAV at the Pentagon with his major, uh, his aide. And the letter came in about an hour later to my commanding officer from the Secretary of the Navy. Man, that's that's crazy. And you know, here I thought I was kind of a hotshot because when I was in the Navy, I was on an aircraft carrier, and I gave yeah. tours of the ship. It was a brand new, you know, a brand new carrier. We delivered it in Norfolk, Newport News. Um, I remember the commissioning ceremony. You know, the CNO is there, the admirals are there, the Secretary of the yeah, Navy is there. Um, I didn't get to like reject any of them on the basketball court, and they didn't right. personally take any interest in my background. I, mean, I think that is that is a you know you're a rare breed, man. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll also make the comparison to it. Kind of reminds me of that moment in Forrest Gump. You know, when they find out like. You know, this guy's got skills. He's he's a ping pong machine, and they sent yeah. him across the world to go play China. I mean, this rock star athlete that they discover. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say it. You're like the Black Forest Gump. Here you are. Yeah. I was interested to note that somehow after this transition and you doing some athletics for the military, you were given an opportunity to actually try out for an NFL team, and it was the Chargers, right? Yep, the charges so I end up getting to San Diego. Um, uh, rest in peace, Junior Seau. But I end up I end up meeting uh, him, and he came on the base and uh, kind of introduced me to other players and uh, took a liking. Helped me. They introduced me to at the time. Um, uh, oh gosh, um, but, but he played with New York. Um, he was a kicker for Mark DeLuisa. 
he was a kicker for New York, and he ended up being an uh, agent and helping me get an agent. And I took that back to the base, and, you know, charges came on the base. And, you know, I had that kind of that letter. When I checked in the commanding officer, it's kind of unique because you don't check in as an E3 with the letter and all this stuff from the Secretary of the Navy and the CNO <laughs> to the commanding officer when I came in with this package. And I could just remember my commanding officer and the whole, you know, different people, uh, uh, chain of command was like, you gotta be kidding me. And I can remember my warrant officer saying, and he was a Navy SEAL, you know, I can remember him going, man, I've been in here 30 years, you know, I've never <laughs> seen nothing like this. I don't get an E3 coming to my command with a letter from the secretary of the Navy personal and the CNO checking in, you know, <laughs> you just got in the Navy. So, you know, they gave me the opportunity and got me into sports and, you know, got ready to go uh, to the NFL and um, uh, it was working out, going to um, uh, my job and then going to NFL workouts. That's crazy. Okay, so we're doing double duty for a part-time. Uh, obviously, yep. you're not an NFL player, so we'll just suffice to say that, like, you didn't make the team? Is, is that no, it? No, what or? happened was, no, I got ready. So when I was in um, – I was playing at a function um, while I was in the military on the weekend, and I had a couple guys that played college ball that were in the NFL, and they took me to a place in Hollywood, and they took me to a recording studio before, and in the place that it was going to be in Hollywood, I played the piano, and after I got done, this guy comes up to me with big hair in the back, uh, the back VIP area, um, and he said, hey, man, that song's my mom's favorite song. My mom and brother want to meet you, and my brother's famous. And I go, and I'm here with one of my Navy buddies, and so we go to the back, and it happens to be Snoop Dogg, his mother, um, and, and, and it's all the, like, all of the hip-hop guys. And they, I met Snoop's mom, and Snoop, they was like, will you play at my mom's birthday? And I'm like, man, I'm in the Navy. I, you know, I don't have a studio. They said, we'll set you up. So they introduced me to the studio. I go back to the base, and I come in with all these pictures after the weekend to my commanding officer. And I have these pictures with Snoop Dogg and everyone. And Snoop, they called the base and asked, could I play for her birthday and her wedding? <laughs> and, and I'm getting ready for football. And I end up playing. They allowed me to play for her birthday. I played for a wedding. Um, they set me up with a studio in San Diego. And the band that was next door to me heard about this. Snoop sent me in the studio. And next thing you know, I ended up coming in meeting uh, Doink 182, Jimmy Eat World, and Green Day. And they were on their Pop Disaster Tour and invited me to come uh, as part of that. And I was like, I'm in the Navy. And once again, I took it over to the command. And next thing you know, I was a guest with Jimmy Eat World, Green Day, and Blink 182. When the pop disaster, it was the craziest thing. And so I'm still getting ready for football and um, going. And then um, I ended up meeting that same time in San Diego. I went to the amphitheater in San Diego, took my same buddy that was always with me. And uh, we went to a concert and met the big security. We just roaming around going to concert. He said, what are you guys doing? He said, I want to say, well, we're in the Navy. And, you know, I'm getting ready for football, but this is my buddy went in the Navy. He goes, follow me. We follow him. Go on the tour bus. It's Eminem and D12. And um, we go there, and they start hearing about music. 
And so I was like, let me choose. And I got ready to choose it. And Eminem's best friend, Proof, at the time with Detroit, he was like, look, man, I'm going to have you come to Detroit when you get out of the Navy. Before you go into football, I just want to work with you. And uh, and after we do this D12 album, I want you to work on this Eminem and, and D12 album after. So I get out of the Navy, get ready to make my transition going into football. I go to meet um, with Proof, go to D- uh, Detroit. He gets killed. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was like, look, I guess this music, I'm just going to go continue football. I always grew up playing music in church. And I'll just stick with football. My parents had moved to Vegas. And I go to get a condominium. And long story short, that's the, the, next, the day I got the condominium, my neighbor says, hey, there's a Motown legend that comes through here. He never comes this way. My wife waves to his wife. I would like you to meet him. And um, he never comes this way. Hopefully you can meet him before you get out of here. I know you got this kind of your parents are out here and you're going into football. He pulls up. He goes, my neighbor goes, oh, his name is Pete Moore. As soon as he said the name, Gray Mercedes comes up. I run up to Mr. Moore, a Smokey and a Miracle. Right, right. He like, yeah, so that's how it goes. And then I go down to his house 40 minutes later. He hears, sees my bio from the Navy, my football. Here's my music for 45 seconds. Has me play a piano. and says, you're what we've look, been looking for. Get your manager and agent. At the time, get him on the phone. I'm taking you in to. Pat, we're gonna pass you this Motown legacy, and that's how it happened, man. <laughs> I, I mean, literally. I think the Forrest Gump reference was a little more accurate than I thought, having yeah, heard it from it you. Is. You were like the black Forrest Gump. Like it everything is. has Everyone just said that. like it just worked out awesome <laughs> for you, brother. And I can't say it could have happened to a better guy because uh you know i've read Thank what you're you. about now and we're going to get into more of that here in a few minutes about your one life movement you're promoting unity peace and love but yeah. you just through that crazy period of time of chance meeting after chance meeting after chance yeah. meeting found yourself yeah. on this kind of epic provincial path that wouldn't have necessarily been utilized to their fullest potential in the navy so Exactly. Wow. Yeah, but it was like that's what the legends tell me. They always would say Forrest Gump. Just what you would say. Everyone would be like, <laughs> it's a true American Forrest Gump. You have to sit down and hear it because you'd be like, get out of here, you know. And it was like that's how my career, that's how my life came, you know, from the Navy to this detour sports to meeting the legends of Motown. Like if you would tell me this sitting in school, you know, growing up as a kid that, hey, you're going to serve the military, you're going to play on all these teams, you're going to meet some of the most powerful people, the Secretary of the Navy and CNO, right. they're going to put you on this team, you're going to go play football through this detour, and oh, by the way, you're going to meet some of the biggest artists while you're in the Navy and play for their family and their mom's weddings and birthday. And then, by the way, Ho, we're going to add you, and you're going to meet the legends and the founders of Motown, the Miracles. If you were to tell me that as a kid, like, <laughs> just, you know, I'd be like, get out of here, man. You're crazy. I'm never going to meet these people. Right, right. Amen. You know. <laughs> um, okay, let me do the sidebar questions quickly. Okay, okay. All right, Snoop Dogg's mom, Beverly Brodus mm-hmm. Green. Yep. Now, what was that party like? Can I just ask, you know, as a lawyer? I mean, what's it like when you go to Snoop Dogg's family's house barbecue? I mean, that oh must have been gosh. that must have been crazy. Everyone was there. Everybody you can think of that was there. I'm talking about from 
Baydar to Eminem to Master P to Lisa Leslie to people from BET. It was just like a star-studded thing. And here, me and my buddy are ATs in the Navy. You know, it's like <laughs> we're ATs on. Like it was the craziest thing because my buddies, like you know uh, Justin, that went with me when I first did this. He was like, "This is crazy. We're ATs in the Navy." Every day, and then we're on this weekend. I'm playing at this function, and we're just mo- walking around here pitches. And he would come back to the base. He was like, "Y'all have no idea. This is like the craziest life." Because he was on this whirlwind <laughs> with me, right? Right. And his, you could hear his parents going, "Get out of here!" And then he, we would go, and we would bring these pictures back at the time, and we would take pictures. We're coming back with these pictures in <laughs> in the base of Nate Dog, Snoop Dog, Eminem. Blink-182, just all these random people, and we're in this Navy gear. It was just the craziest life, Phil, that, I mean, it was crazy. I could, it's just the nuts, man. I thought I was in a dream, Phil, because it didn't make sense. And then, you know, you're going in dealing with, you know, our base and dealing with, you know, uh, Warrant Officer Gunny Sorry, You know, you're coming in the base with commanding officers who, you know, do well and lead our U.S. military, our Navy and Marine Corps, and you're checking into these guys with these pictures, you know, and you got this letter from the second half. I can just remember going, Taylor, you know what? You never be in trouble and you, you always squared away, but you're something else. You just, <laughs> it's just, you never seen it. So it was, a, it was a ride, Phil. It was just like a star-studded event, that first birthday party and her wedding. Now, I got to ask, when you were playing... Did uh-huh. you did you look up and look across the room and go, oh shoot, that's Dre. Whoa, that's Nate Dog. I better yeah. not. I better not screw this up because they're listening. Oh, I mean, were you nervous? Oh man, when I was playing that and the, her wedding, I can remember when she was escorting his mom to the in the front, and I was playing, and then I played the reception. I'm like, dude, look at all these people. I bet not mess up. Just don't at screw all. up. Don't screw yeah, up. Yeah, because this is oh. thousands of people. <laughs> This is Snoop's mom, you know, and I'm looking right at Snoop. I was so nervous because I had never played for nothing that big in my life. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> did he by any chance say anything to you, like, uh, more than, you know, hey, can you get me a drink? I mean, did he, like, say something like, yeah. hey, that was pretty good, or, or, yeah, or thank you for like, your... He always called, he always called me B-Tizzle up to this day, and he was just like, man, thank you, and then he invited me to his house. I ended up going to his kids' birthday parties as they grew up in bowling, and you know, I did a video with him about a few months ago, and um, I, and, and when I saw him, and he came to the video, and he said at the video, which he said, man, I've been knowing this guy. He's helped live with my mom, my brothers. He's been in my family for over 15 years. He's never asked for nothing. And he stuck to his brand and he always represented the military. And Snoop was like, man, thank you for your service. He had never really said that. He was like, thank you for your service. He was like, anything to be his family. And he's always stuck to his guns, representing our heroes and our veterans. And, and he said, he's always been there for my mom and my brothers and my family. And this guy has been family since day one. Mm. And that was a few months ago. And it was cool. Before we even started the video shoot, he told everybody that. 
Nice. I think it's just cool that you probably have his phone number in your cell. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't have anybody important's phone number that I could just randomly <laughs> dial. Uh, you, know, you better be careful you don't accidentally butt dial that, though. Right. You, you oh, know. man. I, you know what? <laughs> Going through this world, that's why I know I had to back up because I'm like, man, my mom said that one time. She was like, your phone is a little black, but you got to be careful not to lose this because you got some pretty important people. You got Congress people, government, <laughs> ch you know, joint chiefs, celebrities. Your right. phone's got everything in it, you know? That's cool, so, yeah. man. All right. Um, <laughs> he changed direction, Snoop, that is, uh, yep. most recently. And I heard another interview. Oh, God, I can't forget what it was. Maybe Steve Harvey or somewhere. But uh, talking about how his new direction is gospel and how he's always kind of taken a liking to the, you know, the good book and how he feels preaching and teachings maybe more mm -hmm. of his role in his career now. And I find it kind of yeah. interesting that your role has, or your career has also taken some turns. Obviously, we heard yeah. about the, uh, you know, you switched lanes from the NFL aspirations to musical aspirations. Mm -hmm. And then now right. that you got on that path of music, mm -hmm. you've changed lanes a few times as more of a global ambassador now. Tell me about some of the tours yeah. you've gone on. You didn't necessarily <laughs> stick to pop music. You decided uh -oh. to, to do some meaningful music. Tell me about uh -huh. one of the most important or one of the most interesting performances you had. When President Bush's daughter called, called the Navy to ask me to perform for the commissioning of her dad's ship and their, the library on, on the George H.W. Bush. And so my management and I were hanging out with the Bush family and I performed for President Bush and the family God, and no 10,000 troops on his dad's, on their dad's senior ship in the hangar. And we were up hanging and she introduced me and she said, I never had hip hop. And it was me and it was Lone Star. So you had Lone Star, Richie McDonald, the country band, who right, has right. 10 number one, 12 like number ones. And then here I come, <laughs> you know, as a hip hop artist with the bushes. It's like, it was, that was crazy. And you, and and you got to meet, to and you got to meet President Everyone, Bush. The whole family, the whole family was there. <laughs> awesome. And that was just the most craziest thing, you know? And then I went, and then you fast forward after that, when President Obama, which I've been with eight times, asked me, the, the Navy got with President Obama to ask me to perform on an aircraft carrier. It was 11-11-11, the first basketball game against North Carolina and Michigan State on the aircraft carrier. And so President Obama asked me to do the Star Spangled Banner, and then I did the halftime show. That was scary. You know, that was like a big honor yeah. to do something like oh, that. I saw that because that was nationally televised too. Yeah, that was there. He gave a speech, so that was nationally, and I was with him the whole day, and it was nerve-wracking because ESPN was like, okay, you're going to be in front of about 200 million people worldwide, and you're going <laughs> to sing this before the president comes up and gives his speech on the caption of Osama bin Laden with this historical game. And so that was never reckoned. That was an honor. Yeah, amen, man. Dude, the the, the force yeah. is strong in you, B. Taylor. The force is Thank strong, you. to put it in Star Thank Wars terms. Um, Thank you, Phil. Thanks. That's awesome. I got to ask, what was it like to do the Star Spangled <laughs> Banner in front of a sitting president? I mean, oh, that man, had to dude, make you even Phil, more nervous. Phil, you know, this was crazy. You know how the military, we, you know, we, you practice before, you know, ceremonies. Right. You know how attention to detail it is. Oh, and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we the day the the day before um, we're doing a practice in the evening, so Shagnavs on the boat and all the high ranking officials and Congress because they had a ceremony of how 
And so they had me go through the Star Spangled Banner. So I sing it. I go through as they're getting the ship ready and everything. And all the leadership is there um, practicing their thing. And I sing it. I was like, okay, cool. So come to find I get ready. We're on the next day. We're on TV. And I'm standing on the side. And it's all the media wait, waiting. We're waiting for the president, Miss Obama, to come down the carpet. And all the media comes. And so he goes, please welcome, you know, President Obama and First Lady. And they come walking, and, you know, you got all the media sitting across all, everything from the White House to the Pentagon, all our nation's leaders on this ship. And the ESPN producer comes in my ear. He goes, okay, they're going to announce you next with a Star Spangled Banner. Oh, by the way, we didn't practice. We got F-18s, two of them, or three of them, flying over your, over your head toward the end, so you might not hear yourself, so you might want to hit that note. I go, are you, I'm standing here. I go, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, don't, I said, please don't mess up. Cause we'll have to cut you out on sports center and, and then all the news. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said to me. And I was already sweating, man. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You just going to tell me this a minute before I go up on the biggest thing of my life in front of all the nation. And you're going to tell me F 18 is flying over half the way through the end of my last part and don't mess up or you're going to cut me off on world TV. I, I was like, are you, I was nervous. That feel that was like a crazy, that was probably the most nervous thing time in my life. Cause you know, one of those things messing up, you can be infamous, yeah. you know, as remembered as that guy that did the, yeah, the guy that butchered the star spangled banner. You don't want to be that <laughs> yeah. guy. You don't want to be, be that, especially on a historical day on the first game on an aircraft carrier with the ship that buried Osama bin Laden's ashes and our president giving an address. You don't want to be that guy, you know, like I was that, that one I was sweating, man. That one that had is, me. <laughs> that's the craziest story. That is the craziest story about nerves I've ever heard. And, yeah. and, and I too have attended some big events through the media and, you know, being involved in yeah. broadcasting, nothing like that. Um, I would have thought yeah. that like maybe a cool little presidential pep talk, the way Obama could give yeah, him might've helped you out, right. you know, like if he could have looked yeah. at you and been like, now look, B. What's going to happen yeah. is you don't need right. to be nervous. I got you. You got this. Right. You know, I could no, hear him. Man. I could hear him doing that in his Obama-esque yeah, kind of way. <laughs> yeah, and afterward, he gave me five. He's like, good job, man. And I said, well, I'm going to do the halftime basketball. I got a bet with James Worthy that I'm going to beat him because I play ball. So I seen Dick Vitale and all the ESPN guys, and they covered me in college, and they knew me in college. <laughs> so I went in, and I ended up winning the halftime, three, the shooting, me and Tyler Nett. Uh, Tyler Hasbro, uh, the Duke, he was player of the year, but he's with the Pacers, and we ended up beating uh, James Worthy and his team, and I got done, and it was cool because Dick Vitale was like, he can sing, he can shoot, University of Missouri, Navy. So then Obama, President Obama, and Mr. Obama was like, man, this was your day. You sung the Sunsangle Banner, you won the State Farm Halftime Classic, you know. <laughs> that was a good day for me, man. So. <laughs> Dick Vitale, yeah, baby, this guy's got yeah. skills, yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Going nuts. Now let's talk. Okay, obviously we've traveled, uh -huh. we've done shows. We're uh, yep. kind of an R and B, hip hop sort of crossover. I'm going to say, right. Um, right. Let's give a listen to your song right now, the single "One Life." Yeah. Let, let's just go ahead and get a little listen. You know, I was sleeping in my room one morning, <laughs> and Mama came in, and she sat on my bed. And she began to talk to me about life 
looked her in her eye And this is what she said Mama said Life has its ups and downs Life has its leaps and bounds Life has the good and bad Life can make you happy or sad Life. I remember just being scared of death Not ever wanting to take my last breath Life. But I know that we all must die Praying our souls will go to the heavenly skies There's been some rough and lonely days Like the prodigal son, I straight away God brought me back to home base Yes, restored me to my rightful place When I stop and think things through I take blame for me, but not you You and you We all encounter struggle and strife Deal with it, because that's real life Now talk to me. One life, movement of unity, peace, and love. What's going on with this single? What are we hoping to achieve? Well, basically, you know, um, my one life. I had always started that when I did this song and met the Motown legends. I always been about one life, and you know, um, and that was just me of uh, you know serving in the military and going through ups and downs, and you know being away from family. It was like you know life is important. There's nothing more powerful than life and what you do with it in a positive you try you should try to do something in a positive way even though negative things come you should try to overshadow by positivity so you know i've always been on that movement and then recently with, with all these horrific tragedies going on and which affected you know me living in vegas you know being a part of that and going down and seeing that and being with our city you know, leaders who are friends and going down as a global ambassador to visit, it was just really something that touched me. And I was like, you know what? We just need to come together. You know, I never really thought about race in the military or in the, you know, the Navy. I had guys that were my buddies from Marine Corps and all different kinds of walks of life and even in sports. And I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. just so I was tired of just seeing so much of the racism and just the hate going. So I'm like, look guys, if we can all come together in our one life and, and spread more love and spread more unity and let's just see how you can help one individual and do it in a positive way then, you know, we can help make change, you know, like let's not point fingers. Let's try to address issues. And if we do, we can agree to disagree. But to me, the best cause is what can you do to make a change in a positive way? And that's what this message is. And that's what my company is about is just spreading love and coming together to do the best that we can while you do have this life. Mm -hmm. you know? We certainly do, man. B Taylor. <laughs> it is B Taylor.com, correct? Yes, sir. BTaylor.com. Nice, man. Uh, the song, One Life. It's a movement of unity, peace, and love. Incredible video to go with it. I'm going to take us out with the song right now, but I just wanted to say thank you, shipmate. You've done incredibly you. cool things and a little bit of luck, a lot of talent. and. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. And I appreciate you for having me and having shows like this to encourage our our best of the best and our veterans that we come from a fraternity and we still can make an impact in this country after we get done serving. I, w I wish you great things in the future because it sounds to me like this is the medicine that we all need right now. Appreciate it. Days confused inside of a bottomless pit.
really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 